Good morning. I'm Riley, and this is Lifestyle Tucson. For the first portion of our program, I am joined by Veronica from uh, Big Brothers Big Sisters of Southern Arizona. Hi, Riley. This is Veronica with Big Brothers Big Sisters. Hi, Veronica. How are you today? I am well, and how are you doing? Pretty fantastic, I would say. <laughs> so uh, you're the uh, Associate Director of Philanthropy. Is that correct? Correct. Awesome. Well, Big Brothers Big Sisters is a name that most people really easily recognize, but it's always great to hear some, you know, firsthand accounts, and I'm also kind of nosy. I would like to know, like, what led you to uh, become involved with the organization here in Southern Arizona, just briefly? So I came to Biggs about six years ago. I actually had my six-year anniversary this past March, and I had worked for a number of nonprofits prior to that, doing a lot of events and fundraising. It just touched me. I'm working with youth and working with youth in a one-to-one capacity and how staff um, is very much involved in that relationship when it comes to um, managing goals and if people have questions or need further assistance um, with the family and the child and the volunteer. So it just, um, once I met with the CEO, And the current director at that time, I just fell in love. So it was perfect. Perfect. Just everything kind of clicked together for you. That's wonderful. Um, So how has Big Brothers Big Sisters of Southern Arizona adjusted from, well, April 2020 to now here we are, April 2021? What types of changes have had to take place? And I guess kind of what is the current situation? Right. So, um, well, you know, it was it was an incredible change that we had to institute in terms of our matches. Unlike many other, you know, youth uh, clubhouses or organizations, we don't have a place where they get together. They literally create their outings and experiences together twice a month in the community. So when everything shut down, staff was just phenomenal and how they were reaching out to families and reaching out to volunteers and kind of letting people know that obviously right now it's, it's not a good time to try to arrange these one-on-ones in person with your, with your little, but call them. Let's figure out some um, video chat options. And a lot of matches started to do these kind of gameplay sessions, and they would do them together with other matches, and we were providing some different virtual experiences, had a lot of businesses coming to us saying, hey, can we do a – pasta making session can we do yoga can we teach kids about some stem activities and so we were able to really change how we were assisting our volunteers and our families and keeping connected because it was still really really important Mm -hmm. another thing that we did because like i mentioned before when we create these one-to-one matches each big and little are paired with a staff member who again is uh, consistently checking in with everyone involved in the relationship. And we've, we've always been kind of this resource for those families who sometimes have other needs and uh, make those connections with them in the community, other different um, services that, that could be re- provided to them. Excuse me. And we just were in such a perfect position to continue to do that kind of support for our families because a lot of people, different situations, but definitely um, needed to be connected and needed those resources. So Mm -hmm. that was huge. Absolutely. And utilizing those other technologies um, in lieu of that person-to-person connection. So would you be able to take a moment to just share some more about the programs uh, Big Brothers Big Sisters has to offer and how they can make an impact on uh, children's futures? 
Absolutely. So our, our signature program and the one that's most recognizable in the community would be what we call our community-based. That's where a big and a little um, essentially meet twice a month. It's usually two hours per visit and obviously matches meet more frequently if they prefer, but they decide what they're going to do in the community together. So during normal times, right? And actually we're kind of seeing a light at the mm-hmm. end of the tunnel, but um, you know, where matches go hiking and matches go to the movies and they'll go out to eat or we have um, sporting events, the U of A museums, all these different kinds of things. But really the, the point and the goal of this relationship is for that child to connect to um, a positive individual that they can look up to and that they can confide in and that they already have some commonalities with. So when we do this matching process, we are taking into account what their parent guardian is looking for, what the child is interested in, and then matching that to um, an adult mentor that has those kinds of uh, background to offer or has similar interests. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they're connected, they already have some commonalities. Yeah, it's not uh, just random matching. High... <laughs> oh, no, yeah. not just random <laughs> matching. So when we talk about, because um, we do have a consistent waiting list of littles, mm-hmm. um, it's a combination of, you know, it's, it's never, you know, first, um, come for serve or the next on the list go get matched. We it's a very very intentional process because we know that they need to share some of the same interests. They need to have a balance of you know the adult mentor may have some strengths or knowledge or experience in areas that a child is interested in. Right? Mm-hmm. You have a little who is very outgoing and just you know, would love to have someone to go play ball with because his grandmother's raising him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then we want a big that is outgoing, that likes to play outside, that plays basketball, and so they're going to hit it off. And eventually that big will open new worlds to that little in terms of ideas of what that child can be or past that child didn't know that they um, had an opportunity to go down. So it's, it's very intentional when we put those two pieces together. We also have a high school-based mentoring program. It was difficult to do what we normally do during this past year, and we're super excited that we're finally able to do some in-person activities, but it provided a different opportunity for maybe a a busy professional who wanted or wants to volunteer, but they just can't do the weekends and the evenings, but they certainly can do kind of a a a once-a-month in-person and then once-a-week online um, platform to connect with this student and so we follow this freshman uh, student through their senior year in high school so it's four years and the purpose of this particular program still um, true to our mission and that one-to-one experience but it's to really help to open up um, the possibilities for after graduation if that's college and then helping to prepare them if that's for training or certification uh, helping to prepare them just so that when they graduate, they do graduate, um, mm-hmm. that they have a plan for success in the path that they want to go on. It's really helping set them up uh, for what the future holds. You're listening to Lifestyle Tucson with Riley. I am speaking with Veronica from Big Brothers Big Sisters of Southern Arizona. Um, as you were saying, there is definitely um, starting to see a light, you know, with vaccinations rolling out and um, numbers looking better. Uh, so I saw online that fundraising has recently started for, I thought it was the largest fundraising and recruiting event, uh, 
bowl and play for kids sake. Can you tell me some more about it? Like how long has this event been taking place and a little bit more of what its purpose is? Yeah, absolutely. So our um, bowl and play for kids sake, this would be the 40th year that we have hosted it. And there are a couple new additions this year that I'll touch on in just a moment. But um, Bowl for Kids is really a Big Brothers, Big Sisters original. A lot of agencies across the country host this event. And it's very successful um, for our agency in particular because, you know, we are looking for people to say, yeah, I'll totally, you know, head up this team and be a captain. I'll get people to come and play with me. I'll raise $125 per person which is 100% saves and coupon, goes to our youth, and then, of course, qualifies for the Arizona Charitable Tax Credit. Mm -hmm. But it's phenomenal because we have so many people talking about us and advocating for us that we definitely get a spike in our our volunteer and recruitment numbers. And then people just get to know more about our program and maybe enroll their kids or seek out other ways to be involved. So we, you know, engage hundreds of people in coupons doing this particular event and excited to roll out some different options this year because for the past 39 years we've just done bowling right Mm -hmm. and we always (laughs) talked about that it wasn't necessarily about the game because you know people will say I'm not a great bowler but bowling's just the fun part it's just the activity you come out for two hours of unlimited play we give you pizza and drinks and prizes and have a DJ and you know play additional games and raffles And then we just celebrate um, all the great funds that were raised that stay in Tucson, um, stay in Southern Arizona, and go back to our program. But this year, in consideration of the light at the end of the tunnel, but people just, you know, wanting to be comfortable and everyone having different levels of comfortability, we're offering uh, two new games and we're hosting outside. So we'll be hosting in May, Bocce Ball. And cornhole, which apparently cornhole is taking off because people are very excited and offering um, a similar experience where it's two hours of play. We're doing food and drinks and prizes and games and DJ and then still having our traditional bowl in June because we definitely have groups that just love that game. Yeah. So you get the option if you feel comfortable going into a bowling alley and being around the others, there's that. But you can also have some fun time playing outside instead, a little bit more in the open air. So you said May. uh, Like, when and where are these really fun parts where you're actually bowling and playing? When are those going to be happening? Yeah, so for our outdoor experience for bocce and cornhole, it's going to be May 15th and May 22nd at Reed Park. It is an activity that you have to pre-register for, so it's not necessarily a walk-up thing. Mm -hmm. And you would go to our website, which is soazbigs.org, soazbigs.org, and you would click on the event and you would register. And then for our bowling, which would be June 25th and 26th, we're offering our first session in the evening at Lucky Strike and then a Saturday midday at Fiesta. Same thing, you would want to pre-register. It's not an event that you could just kind of come to. Mm -hmm. We want to know you're coming. And then for either option, indoor or out, we are still um, doing a lot of the same kind of safety protocols. We want people to feel safe. We want people to have some space and distance to be comfortable. So, um, you know, our participants can expect to to be in an environment that um, we were very thoughtful about and wanted everybody to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And you're still just going to follow along with, like, the county's guidelines. Is that going to be the situation? 
That's yes, pretty much absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, is there any other new news uh, from Big Brothers Big Sisters of Sar- uh, Southern Arizona that you would like to share? Sure. Um, we are looking for more volunteers right now. So it was incredible how we kept our matches connected um, last year. And actually, we're still able to make some new matches virtually, of course. And some of those are just starting to be able to meet in person if they feel comfortable. So we have so many kids waiting. We Mm -hmm. have a list of about 100 or so. 80% are boys. And that's just because um, we get a lot more little boys signed up and not a lot of men coming Mm -hmm. into the system. Um, Something else that we're looking for are more little girls to sign up in our program, which is something that's not typical. Mm -hmm. Um, We usually get a lot of little girls coming in and a lot of big sisters as well. So looking for volunteers. Um, And the commitment is not as much as someone would think. To be a mentor, you don't have to have any kind of special skill set. You just have to be yourself because we've got a kid waiting for someone just like you. Nice. So just again, for anyone who is looking to get involved or show support for Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Southern Arizona, where is the best place to start? Yeah, so I would say our website, which is soazbigs.org. It's soazbigs.org. And on the website, um, you'll see the event that we're um, looking forward to, which is our Bowl and Playful excuse me, Bowl and Bracelet Kids Day in May and in June. And then also you'll see that El Chua, we're still doing that at mm-hmm. the end of the year. And um, there's information about how to volunteer and how to, how to sign up. It's super easy. And uh, you could always do an info session to kind of get a little bit more information. No obligation, but it certainly provides you um, answers to any questions you may have before you, you know, commit mm-hmm. and um change a child's life and yours and impact our entire community. Awesome. Well, I've been speaking with uh, Veronica from Big Brothers Big Sisters of Southern Arizona, and I really appreciate you taking this time to give us a bit of an update and uh, share the word of the upcoming Bowl and Play for Kids' Sake and uh, the fundraising efforts. Well, thank you very much. Well, thank you so much, Riley. I do appreciate it. For this next portion of Lifestyle Tucson, I am speaking with Norma from the Community Food Bank of Southern Arizona. Hi, Riley. It's Norma from the Food Bank. Hi, Norma. How are you today? Good. How are you doing? I am doing very well. I'm glad we get this opportunity to have a little chat and give the community an update on uh, the Community Food Bank of Southern Arizona. This is great. Absolutely. Great (laughs) to talk to you. Yeah. All right. Well, this time last year, uh, many members of our Tucson and Southern Arizona community found themselves needing assistance from the food bank. What is the current situation from uh, the food bank's perspective? Sure. So we will likely close out our fiscal year um, setting a record for the amount of food that we've distributed, the most ever in our history. Uh, But what we have seen lately mostly since this last uh, stimulus check went out, is that the lines have slowed a bit, um, and we're happy to see that. We still continue to serve people here at Country Club um, from 8 to 11, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday mornings. Um, And we do see people lined up, but we have seen a slow in the volume um, of what we're seeing. So we are still offering drive-through distribution, still taking all our COVID precautions. Um, But for right now, it is not nearly as... um, as, uh, as drastic as it was last year at this time. You mentioned the country club location because for several months you were operating at the emergency distribution site 
And I was reading how recently that Country Club location has undergone some improvements and a little bit of renovations. Could you tell me more about those changes and any uh, changes to distribution? Absolutely. So we did move from the Kino Sports Complex back here to operate um, at 3003 South Country Club at our main warehouse um, in the beginning of January. And we were able to extend our distribution hours and offer uh, about double the amount of time that we could over at Kino. We were able in the time of the pandemic to go ahead and take advantage of the fact that we had fewer of our employees coming into the food bank during that time, and it was a good time to go ahead with the scheduled renovation that we had just announced, and then COVID hit, and we put a pause on anything, on everything, and then we did decide to go ahead with it. So what that did, really, a lot of the basic improvements were um, improvements to our parking lot, which probably doesn't sound very exciting, mm-hmm. but were very important, critical changes for us to make in terms of increasing the amount of parking here at the community food bank, but then also separating the uh, truck traffic from the semi-trucks from people who would be coming in to visit the pantry. What that also did in the meantime, and what we've taken full advantage of since January, is allow us our area in the south parking lot to provide drive-through distribution. So in moving back from Kino, we just did get a really good feel for exactly what we needed, for how distribution should work, how many lines we could operate, how efficient we could be, and what was the best way to move cars quickly in and out of our entrance here at at 3003 South Country Club. So we have been operating here, and the improvements in our parking lot have made a great difference. We have a big tent out there. We have volunteers showing up. We're able to provide them shade. The food is, of course, in the shade also, mm-hmm. and that is just going to become more critical as we look at the this summer ahead. Um, it does look like we're probably going to be doing drive-through distribution in the hot summer months, but we've been through that. We did that last year at this time at Kino Sports Complex. And so we know how that works. We know the best ways to do. We have our coolers already set up out there, got our Gatorade and our electrolytes ready to go. So um, we'll be very careful as we move forward, but we will be uh, moving forward in the summer months and continuing that drive-through distribution. Absolutely. You you took what you learned in 2020, brought it into 2021 moving forward. So I also saw in a recent newsletter, I was looking at the website uh, about a new program, Local Produce for Local Seniors. Could you tell me a bit more about that program and uh, its benefits? So that program um, is part of our work in getting local produce out. And I'm sorry to say I don't have the specifics of getting it out to seniors. But what we do know overall is that senior hunger is a growing problem that is going to require us to think differently and creatively on just how to address that the best. The local produce that we work with, and and people are often surprised uh, by how much we do with local produce, but we do operate a farmer's market once a week, and we do work with local growers to do everything that we can to support them in getting their produce to Um, institutions that are here in Tucson, like the U of A, the Student Union, um, the school districts, Tucson Unified School District, we've done some work with Sunnyside, and then Tucson Medical Center. They've all been really great about being able to commit to buying local produce, and that we know is good 
in so many ways in terms of healthy food going out to seniors and other people in our community and then it also in terms of the growers and supporting them i think we all can understand that growing food in southern arizona is not that easy mm -hmm. and so what we can do to support that is so important so we do work a lot with that with local produce and we also have just recently been able to get local produce out in our school pantries um, which have been doing great work. I know many schools have been closed till just recently, but those pantries were open and have been open through most of the pandemic. And that's a very critical way for families, busy families, to get the food that they need um, right there in their neighborhood. So they don't have to make an extra trip to the food bank, try to figure out what the open hours are. They can instead pick it up from the school in their neighborhood. So we've had a lot of um, success in that. In fact, we're we're growing those programs in the rural areas. Mm -hmm. Now that schools have started transitioning back into a more traditional system, is that going to cause changes for your uh, school pantry setup? Well, no, we, we are equipped to go ahead and handle the school pantry um, needs because we have been throughout the pandemic. And we are really looking at what we can do to make that make those pantries more available in the rural areas. So. Yes, it might increase some of our transportation needs, but we're well equipped with the food and able to handle the logistics part of that to really keep supporting that. Um, those resource centers at the schools are so important and often food is just one of the resources that they mm -hmm. offer uh, because we do see the schools really becoming more of a community place where you can go to get the things that your family needs. So we're happy to support that. We'll continue working hard with that. Um, after school snacks continue to be a part of what we do and then um, in the summer, we'll be working, I believe we'll be working more with the libraries, making more food available for pickup there. Mm -hmm. Something definitely we've all learned from these experiences over this last year is the importance of community. So I'm kind of curious, is there anything that the Food Bank of Southern Arizona is needing from the community uh, in terms of items or volunteers? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's a great question. Um, the community has been so wonderful and supportive since this pandemic hit, and I think it did serve to raise awareness of how quickly people can become food insecure, not know where that next meal is coming from. Um, and hunger was a big problem in southern Arizona before this pandemic, so um, it really did raise awareness, and we have seen great financial support from donors. Right now, probably our most critical need as we look at the months ahead are for volunteers to help us in the drive-through distribution. Some of our volunteers uh, will be going out of town for the summer, and then some people just, you know, that's a that's a physical job in hot temperatures. So we really are only asking people that can handle that and are healthy um, and could um, be okay doing that to go ahead and sign up. And so that would be people 16 and over that could handle a four-hour shift on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday morning. And some of that is loading, say, bottles of juice or produce boxes or uh, dairy boxes or bread um, or other non-perishables into cars. So it's that kind of work. Um, and we do see and we have seen some very committed volunteers come out, even in the middle of the pandemic, and maybe especially so, people who felt really called to do something for their community. So we do encourage that. If you are interested, you can go to communityfoodbank.org. There is a little tab on the top there that says Get Involved. You can click on that and get going on signing up to be a volunteer. And like I said, you 
you can also email volunteer at communityfoodbank.org. Volunteers are going to be critical. They are critical all the time, uh, but especially finding volunteers who can handle this kind of physical work during the summer uh, is a big, probably one of our biggest needs right now. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, before I let you go, is there any other news from the Community Food Bank that you would like to share with us? Well, we just are really grateful for the community stepping forward and supporting us. Uh, We hope, like everyone else, that we can work our way out of this. We also understand that with job losses, with um, all the economic uh, challenges that have come during this pandemic, it may not be as quick a recovery as we would like to see, but we certainly do appreciate all the support from people who have donated to the, to the community food bank, whether with their funds or with their time as a volunteer. That's really the only way that we can continue to work, do the work we do, and it has really been a, a comfort to us in this challenging year uh, to know that people are standing with us and that they agree that food is a basic human right and we need to do what we can to get it out into the community to the people who need it. Mm-hmm. Well, I uh, hope the best uh, moving forward into 2021. Uh, I've been speaking with Norma from the Community Food Bank of Southern Arizona. Thank you so much for the update on uh, the efforts of the food bank during this time. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, Riley. Of course. Yes. Well, take care and have a great one. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you are part of a nonprofit organization that would like to be featured on an upcoming episode of Lifestyle Tucson, reach out to us by email at publicaffairs at azlotus.com. All one word, publicaffairs at azlotus.com. And you can find more information about the program at klpx.com, kfma.com, mixfm.com, and espntucson.com.